A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. One of them is fabulous. The other one isn't. Hi, welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. He's James Barr. He's gay. I'm Dan Hudson. I'm non-gay. I'm straight. Can you imagine me straight? Uh, not really. I'm intrigued by that answer. Why? Can you imagine me gay? Yeah. Really? I think so. You'd just be the same, <laughs> but you'd have a boyfriend. Much like my friend Andy, who just one day was in a relationship with a bloke. Wow, that's so cool. Did he come out? I don't know. Is that coming out? Is he um, bisexual or gay or does it not even matter? don't know. You never um, asked. <laughs> you never asked. You never had this conversation. <laughs> I never said to him, are you gay? No. It, it wasn't really like a big a big deal. I want the tea, Dan. You're so useless. There isn't when a tea. <laughs> I forget that he's gay all the time. It just never enters my head. Do you, Do you think that about me as well? Do you forget? No. I'm not sure if I should be offended or not. <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Right, so it's National HIV Testing Week in England this week. We've had this chat before, but you're kind of feeling like doing an HIV test now. Well, uh, the HIV people have been on. And <laughs> Sorry, um... the what? The Terence Higgins Trust. Yeah, the Terence Higgins Trust have been on and they've sent us an HIV test. Right. So it'd be a waste of me to not do it. So, But I mean, it's interesting because we talked about it before and I probably wrongly like assumed you didn't want to do it because you were scared or something or whatever. But you said it was a waste of a test, right? It's unlikely that I have HIV presently. I haven't been in a situation where HIV would enter me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The choice of words there was just, I don't know, I'm so, I'm so uncomfortable. Well, fact, you're not high risk, I... are you? Because you're just you're just like a straight guy and you don't have that much sex. Presumably. Well, your mum might disagree, actually, but, okay, yeah, but come right. on. Also, my mum is devastated, by the way, after watching It's a Sin. She's been texting me tear, cry emojis all weekend. I remember now, I said that I thought everyone should have an HIV test yeah. and you sort of disagreed with me. The chances of me having it are incredibly slim incredibly slim so it just doesn't seem a waste a a constructive use of my time or of the resources of the hiv test all of my money if i was paying for it or whatever right because i am like you say so low risk i don't love like having an injections or whatever but like i I don't not do it because i'm scared or whatever like you just gotta get on with it haven't you i find that fascinating though because obviously i've spent my whole life being scared of this it was drummed into me and it's a sin just amplifies that even more now obviously things are very different now but seeing that show reminds me of being 15 and having my first sexual health test and being thrown a bag of condoms and leaflets telling me i could die if i didn't wear a condom and and seeing my mum's fear of me being gay because she thought that that was my path that i was just gonna immediately catch hiv aids and die and so to me you saying oh i'm not scared like that's crazy to me one in 16 people with HIV are unaware that they have it and they could spend three or five years not knowing that they have it. And in fact, in 2019, 42% of people that were diagnosed were diagnosed late in their HIV infection. Those are my facts. (laughs) When did you last have one? It was actually after our documentary with the London patient. In fact, after that episode where we discussed it, I, I felt like it would be wrong of me not to do it. And James and I have been together for, 
I guess, approaching a year at that point. So we both decided to get tested. We'd been tested previous to that, but it was like, this is a good time. We're in a pandemic. It's a, it's a moment to eradicate or help eradicate HIV transmission. If everybody got tested right now, whilst we're not sleeping with other people and we're in lockdown, then we'd have a really amazing opportunity to just get everybody that has HIV into a very healthy, undetectable status, therefore eliminating the opportunity for it to spread in this country and around the world. But it was actually really traumatic even then because um, they mixed up one of the tests. I don't think I told you this. And so they, they called me up and said, oh, this test, like we need you to come in and do this test again, which is always really scary because suddenly you think, oh my God, well, do I actually have it then? I think my age comes into this a bit. Like I, I contracted reactive arthritis and couldn't walk for half a year because of chlamydia supposedly and I was frightened I might never walk again so that was pretty scary and so I guess after learning all this stuff about HIV and AIDS like we have and knowing where healthcare is at with it at the minute I kind of don't feel I don't feel as scared of it as I used to when I was younger which is good because actually we need to know that having HIV isn't a death sentence in 2021 and that the more we normalize testing, the more it will encourage people to get a test. And also it will end the shame around having what is an illness like anything else. There's actually that moment in It's a Sin, isn't there, where Ollie Alexander, Richie is talking about the how, how much fun it was. And I think that's really important. There's nothing to be ashamed of as long as it's consensual and safe and you're happy. And legal. Why would it not be legal? Well, if they're under 16, for example. <laughs> just for example. Thanks, Dan. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that, but you're right. That's <laughs> such an interesting word, isn't it? Because in some countries, it's not legal to be gay. So are you saying in the UAE, I shouldn't have sex? That's a good question. But I'd just be on, on it, on it. On, I'd be very careful in the UAE, just generally. Thanks. If I, if I were you. And that's- well, if I was me as well. A gay and a non-gay. I've never had an HIV test before, I don't think. But we've been sent one of these. It looks a bit like a pregnancy test. <laughs> Although I haven't actually had one of those either, as you can imagine. So I don't, I don't know what that looks like. But I think it looks sort of like this, right? It's do the same you, sort of device. Do you? Well, there was that time on the podcast you said that you might have been pregnant. Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> Right, so step one, Right, get your device. Hang on a sec. I always find this scary, even though I've done it a million times. And I shouldn't because this test doesn't determine whether or not I have HIV. And if I did already have it, then it would save my life. Exactly. So the grey moves if you touch it lightly. Okay, three, okay. two, one. Did it? I haven't done it. Did it hurt? No, it didn't. Okay, really? No, it hasn't. But I'm just, I don't know what to do now. So let's take oh, it away. Oh, just undo it. You need to hurry up, Dan, because your finger's going to run out of blood. Okay. And push your finger till more blood comes out. Right, okay. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Three, two. <laughs> Why am I so scared? It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't hurt. Like I, I just... know, but I'm scared anyway. Okay, here we go. All right, James, three, two, one, go. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> But you, get really the reason you can't do it is because you've told yourself that you're not going to do it. So Right. Okay. So what are you saying then? <laughs> do it with the intention of doing it because you're not at the minute. In, in five seconds, five seconds after you started, it will all be over. 
Mm-hmm. So just look forward to that time mm-hmm. in five seconds time. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Do it with the intention of doing it. I think the countdown doesn't help because it's like, oh, you're going to do it in a minute. It's like Okay, we'll just momentum. do it then. So I just need to do it, I think. Right, I'm going to do it. Oh, that was actually not at all painful. <laughs> like, in the slightest. Why did I make that so difficult for myself? Okay, so then you put the blood in the well. You did that bit, right? Yeah. <sighs> okay, that was nothing. Honestly, I, I feel really embarrassed that I found that so overwhelmingly hard. It was literally the easiest. It kind of felt like a pen lid just opening on your finger, right? I'm still bleeding. I guess I should put a plaster on, but I've already got plaster on my other finger, so it just looks like I'm a, a moron. And now we just got to wait 15 minutes. Right. I mean, it's important to say that the even if it does come back as a positive test, it's just a screening, so you'd have to go and get a full test in the clinic. There could be a mistake with it. All right, my test has come back clear. Dan? Yeah, mine has come back clear as well. Congratulations, you're not pregnant. I feel like I need a biscuit now. But lol, that's uh, that's how easy it is. So uh, <laughs> get yourself a home test. Go to freetesting.hiv. You can get more information from tht.org.uk or if you're in the USA, check out hiv.gov. In a way, I sometimes feel a bit guilty that I did test negative. Does that make any sense? Survivor's guilt. Is that what that is? I guess so. I don't know because you survive HIV now, but I do sort of feel like that. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about how I feel like I deserve it. And I know people that have come out to me as HIV positive since we've been talking about it and since we've been releasing our podcast. So I think of them, but I guess also I think of the people we lost. And I guess it's, I just, I, feel, I suppose I do feel guilty. I know how risky i've been in the past and i just i feel incredibly lucky to have not contracted it but even saying that is pointless because it is not a big deal anymore it really shouldn't be treated like one i'm really happy that actually you've done this test dan i think it it shows incredible bravery really (laughs) and uh thanks well i'll tell you why i say bravery I i told you before i i worked with a charity in manchester the lgbt foundation on on a World AIDS Day flash mob and someone saw me at that and then later on that night in the gay village they shouted AIDS at me. Like I'm just there supporting people with HIV and raising what, awareness straight- for World AIDS Day and a gay person shouted AIDS at me. <laughs> like what? <laughs> that is so <laughs> difficult to deal with. So weird. I mean it was like 10 years ago but wow in the gay village. I, you, so that's why I say brave. What did you say back to that? I was just so shocked. I, I don't think I said anything. It's not worth picking a fight with someone over that, is it? But also, like, I guess I felt probably not even an ounce of the shame that people that do test positive for HIV would have or, or yeah. have been told they should have. So when, I, when, I, when I'm calling you brave there, I'm saying it because I just think for a straight person to take an HIV test, if you told your, like, most dumb friend back home oh i just had an hiv test i'm sure that their reaction would be oh are you gay then like i'm not judging any of your friends but there must be people in your life that are straight that would have that reaction uh probably not but possibly on the periphery of you can imagine people. it can't you like a straight a, 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 just people any... that i that i probably haven't spoken to for quite a long time yeah possibly yeah but yeah that's crazy <laughs> anyway i feel like i can't articulate exactly what i'm trying to say here so i'm just going to quit while i'm ahead but 
that's basically. I mean, it. you're not really ahead, but yeah. <laughs> that's basically what I'm trying. To, I'm trying to just say, like, I don't understand. I, no, I understand where all this shame around HIV comes from, but there's so much to do to end that because it's such. It's so stupid. All right, everyone. It's time for a again a long gay favourite. One, two, three. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to Things Dan Can't Say. This is where we give our straight man the opportunity to say whatever he wants in a safe, inclusive space where none of us can say that he said something wrong. Examples of this feature previously have included why do gay people not get the megabus? (coughs) Do gay people look at each other's penises in the bathroom? (coughs) Why do gays all have cleaners? (coughs) Anyway... I'm handing over to Dan for today's Things Dan Can't Say. I've now watched two episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. You can see my uh, online series, Sachet Non-Gay. It comes out every Friday. On that note, I did ask this this week, actually, but James didn't have the answer, so I'm bringing it to Things Dan Can't Say. Why is RuPaul sometimes in drag and sometimes not? Yeah, now I responded to this in Sachet Non-Gay, which you can watch on our channels, at Gay Non-Gay. I said, well, why are you sometimes in a hoodie and sometimes not? And as I said... I'm not presenting a, a program called Dan's Hoodie Race. If I was, I'd be wearing a hoodie ev- every time. Th- there must be a reason. Well, sometimes drag queens are in drag and sometimes they're not. They don't live their life as a drag queen nonstop, do they? On a TV show with this level of production, there's a reason behind it. And it's not just, oh, we can't be asked to put the drag on for this segment. I really can't imagine RuPaul using that language. I, I think in the words of RuPaul, actually, you're born naked and the rest is drag. So technically... You're in drag right now. And so is Rue, even when he's not dragged up in, in what you envis- envisage that to be. So even though he might not be in hair and a dress, that doesn't mean he's not in drag. And I think that's a really astute quote, actually. You are born naked and everything else, all of the, all of the different facets of your personality, the way you dress, the way you look, the music you listen to, that's all drag. That's all just an act. I don't really know what that means, but let's not get bogged down in Well, that. I mean, you're let's... asking me a question. I'm answering it for you. Why is he in low-key drag sometimes then? <laughs> I think when he's, when he's in the workroom, he's himself, right? And when he's on stage, she's RuPaul. So she's in a different... It's like stage workroom. Behind the scenes, RuPaul dressed in cute RuPaul outfit. On stage, RuPaul dressed in amazing hair, makeup and wig, fully fronting very fishy very you know full drag so what does that mean what do you mean fishy that means when someone looks like a woman right that's a drag word for someone looking incredibly feminine right i think it's fishy because you can't quite tell so i think something's a bit fishy right okay we actually had a comment on our instagram from vivian that i thought was great isn't that someone from rebels drag race no not everyone called vivian is from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> You're thinking of The Vivian. Anyway, it's not That Vivian or The Vivian. It's Vivian Mobile Disco on Instagram. I think it's because RuPaul essentially plays two distinct roles, i.e. RuPaul out of drag mentors the queens on how to impress the judges and then RuPaul in drag judges their performances and progress. Kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. So by appearing in two distinct ways, it differentiates the mentor from the judge. 
Uh, interesting. So it is literally like two two people. If you want to dumb it down to that, then yeah, cool. That's things Dan can't Great. say. Things that Dan cannot say. Things that Dan cannot say. He's on the wrong track, baby. Things that Dan cannot say. Make sure you check out Dan's new RuPaul's Drag Race UK review show. Sashay Nongay on our Instagram right now. Go to at gay nongay. Um, going back to what we were saying at the start of the episode and you saying that you always sort of see me as gay. Why is that? You're it's... very stereotypically gay. Oh, God. Whereas the person I'm referencing is is not at all. I feel like I've, I don't want to... <laughs> I'm not trying to dig you a hole here, but every time you speak, I feel like I have a follow-up question. What do you mean stereotypically gay? <laughs> and I'll admit that I am, but I want to know what you mean. Well, for example, my friend... He's like really, really into football. He met his husband. I think he recognised him because he'd done a pitch invasion in a, a football match or something like that. Wow. Okay, yeah, like, I can see what you mean. That is, I would see that as quite straight. They're not into Kylie. In, yeah. Is that because they don't like being gay or because they're just not into that? No, it's because not everybody has to be into that just because they're gay. <laughs> Once like, again, I feel like I'm now the prejudiced one and you're having a go at me. <laughs> but when I see a gay person that doesn't like Kylie or Madonna, I immediately think, what's wrong with you? Which is terrible. But I'm like, why? Do you hate yourself? Do you have gay shame? They're just different from you. What's the big deal? You're absolutely right. I'm wrong, as always. He doesn't need to listen to Kylie or Madonna to be a gay person. That is absolutely not necessary. No one does. But it is funny how I feel... I, I lean into the stereotype. You also hang out with people who are like you, I think, quite a lot. I'm not saying I don't. I mean, I don't hang out with does. anyone right now, but I know what you mean. So I think that the gay people that you hang around with are very similar to you. So that reinforces in your head the idea of what a gay person is, if that makes sense. So that's so that I'm trying to get to why you're so surprised that my friend Andy doesn't like Kylie. How um, do you know that, though? What if he's hiding that side of himself from you? Well, because it would have come out by now come out as a Kylie fan. <laughs> so this is how non-gay <laughs> my mate and his husband are. So the husband, he went to Europe to get the beers for the wedding. That's like, quite gay. That's, Wait, is it? that's quite gay. He wanted to get a specific beer because it mattered. I think a straight guy at a wedding would just be like, oh, fuck it, it doesn't matter what beer we have. What you're saying is like attention to detail and like taking things seriously is gay. No, I'm saying being extra is gay. Going right. all out, showing people how extra you are. I think you just want to be gay. I think you think that we're quite cool. <laughs> so therefore you're like, don't bundle me in with the straight people. I'm way more fun and cool than that. And that's cool. You can be an honorary gay. I don't think I, I don't want to be anything. I just want to be me, well, guys. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is that, a, is that a straight thing to say? No, I think it's it's a queer thing to say. That's what's so irritating. You constantly use our language back at us. Have you noticed that? It's not back at you. I'm just, I do this podcast, which comes out every week. In between episodes, it takes up a lot of time. Here's the tea. Sorry, but here is the tea. I didn't want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, but you've made me watch it. So you now can't say, not only do I have to watch it, but I can't use any of the language that comes up in it. You can't have it both ways. So which is it? Dan just read me for filth. Shade. It doesn't really matter whether you're a stereotype of something or not, does it? At the end of the day... I love my boyfriend and I fancy men. So that's kind of all there is to it. The rest of it is just accessories. 
I mean, like RuPaul says, you're born naked and everything else is drag. A gay and a non-gay. So you think that I am a stereotypical, I don't even know what, straight person. And to me, and like all of my friends, that's laughable. Well, in my world, you're the most stereotypical straight person I've ever met. Not because right. you like football or because of any of that, but because of the way you hold yourself and the way you talk about things and your feelings or not, uh, or the way you don't talk about your feelings and stuff like that. Like you're a lot more guarded. You're very straight down the line. You tell it how it is. You just are who you are. It's so rare that you'll apologize. Like all of those things remind me of the kind of guy my mum dated when I was younger. So that's why I see you as a straight stereotype. You say I tell it like it is, whatever that means. But if I was gay, you'd say, oh yeah, you're always spilling the tea or whatever. Like what's, you're, you're attaching the same thing to the assigned sexuality. That's not what you do. But you don't it, spill the tea. I spill the tea every week oh, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm spilling the tea right now. Thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.